Hi, I'm Mark Kent. And I'm Jacob Pusey. And you're listening to the Art and Science of Running podcast. If you climb the sea. Welcome back to another episode of the Art and Science of Running podcast. Today, we're fortunate to have another really impressive and special guest in Mario Mendoza. Mario has quite a long resume um, of accomplishments on the trails, um, on the roads, in ultra marathons, and most recently <laughs> on treadmills uh, in the last in a very short amount of time, Mario has uh, broken a 50k world record on the treadmill and uh, recently set an, a very stout 100k mark on the treadmill. And so we brought Mario in to discuss these records and, um, you know, the the motivation behind them and and just really what motivates him in general um, as a runner. So welcome, Mario. Hey guys, I'm I'm happy to be here. Excited cool. for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I want to note that um, it is a Saturday morning and Mario is, is taking time away from his family um, to, to join us. And we're going to try and be as respectful as possible of, of that time. Um, even in this new normal of um, coronavirus and quarantine and things. Um time away from family is is time away from family and so we we definitely recognize um this sacrifice and this commitment that you're making and we we really appreciate you um being willing to share part of you with us today so thank you thank you i yeah i appreciate that a huge shout out to my wife jade she's she's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah well um this is interesting um, that that we get to finally be on a, a podcast together. Um, I I don't even know how long we've known each other, but it's been it's been quite a while. We've um, we've run against one another in races. We've we've stayed together at <laughs> um, for races. Mm-hmm. Um, we've anytime I'm in Bend, um, we usually connect and go for a run. Um, and in fact. I'm pretty sure it was your idea for us to do the treadmill record years ago before I did it. And it didn't, our schedules didn't end up aligning. And, uh, <laughs> so I owe you, um, for the, the record that I was able to set a few years back, but, but ever since you've, you've set, um, a couple yourself. So, um, congratulations on that. And, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, we definitely go back, uh, a long ways. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of those trail runs we've done together and with Max as well. And just, uh, I've, I've always loved seeing, um, you know, just the, the work that you do with, with your community as well. And, and how you were over here as well, coaching in Hermiston. I mean, just 
it's been it's been a fun uh, thing to follow as well. So I'm I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that um, I I want to get to. We we will talk about these records and and that sort of thing. Um, but one of the things that has always stood out to me is is just your your commitment to your community and um, and how much you pour into the lives of young people and how much you care as a coach and as a mentor. Um, you, you currently live in, in Bend, Oregon, um, which is, is a bit of an endurance sport hub. Um, in fact, I, I think it's one of the, one of the best places on earth to be an endurance athlete. Um, Definitely. yeah, great community, great people, great trails, um, usually something runnable, any time of year. Um, and, um, but you're not originally from Bend, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and your upbringing? Yeah, I'm not from Bend. I, I've been here now over 10 years, which is pretty crazy to think about because the original plan was to come for three months and just check it out. I was really just checking it out for actually a friend that was trying to move his entire family out here. And uh, I came from the central coast of California, right in the middle of the state, right on the coast. Uh, but we we lived inland on a on an avocado farm, and and after you know these these many years here, I, I I would honestly say this is the first year in my in my season here that I feel Bend is my home, and and I think the coronavirus has really helped me appreciate living here more and more. Um, I, it just, it just really clicked this year. And so, um, I'm, I'm grateful, but yes, I don't, I, I'm not originally from here. Yeah. Um, anytime, anytime we talk about your, your childhood, um, I, I know that, um, that farm work isn't easy, but uh, when you describe and you've shown me pictures <laughs> of where you grew up, uh, it sounds pretty idyllic to live on an avocado farm um, and uh, in in such a, a beautiful climate. But I I imagine that it, it wasn't uh, just all um, unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hard work going into that. Yeah. For yeah, for me, like honestly, it's not it's not really a complaint. It it's like I actually really enjoyed living there, and I really loved it. It's it's like just a bunch of fond memories of of being there with my family, and yes, working alongside them, working with them. Um, the summers especially was was very um, very tough, and and we we worked quite a bit uh, trying to to build some some extra income. And, uh, the thing though, for me that, that I just, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I had that whole farm to explore and to, to be active and to, to really let my mind and my, my body just flow. And, and so it was just like kind of the perfect environment for me to, to, uh, mature and grow and a place that I learned so much from, and I learned to really, really connect to to nature, and to really learn to value putting uh, my family first and and working together. And so, I know sometimes it, you know, I, I can I can emphasize a little bit the difficulty of it, but I, in no way that is a complaint to me. It, it was uh, 
something I was grateful because it, it allowed our family to, to get ahead and to, to be able to work hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, your work ethic is certainly something that, um, has stood out to me and, um, has allowed you to, to work your way into the sport and, and climb to the top of the sport. Um, it's also something that uh, I've admired and, and pointed to, um, like you mentioned with some of the athletes that I coach, um, particularly when I, when I was still living and coaching in, in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like you, <laughs> uh, basically grew up in, in agrarian settings and, um, around, around the production and cultivation of, of food and mm-hmm. uh, in hot weather yeah. <laughs> and, and dust and, um, and really hardworking people, uh, just humble, hardworking, no nonsense kind of people. And, um, I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine growing up <laughs> in a setting other than that. Um, because it, it just seems like that's what every kid is supposed to do. And, um, and that's, it's hard to remove myself from that um, as far as like, that's, that's the best way to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By working side by side with your, with your family. Um, Definitely. Now, uh, now Bend isn't, isn't central California um, in terms of the, the demographics. Um, <laughs> in fact, <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe maybe that's why it uh it has taken a decade for you to feel like Bend is is home. <laughs> that um, could be it. <laughs> but um and that's not a knock on Bend. Bend is a beautiful town and there are there's so much to do and and it's if, the vibe that I get is that it is a a nice community and there are community minded people there. Um but a lot of people have moved in there and it it's a bit of a resort town. There's skiing and golf and, and running and mountain biking and kayaking and all the rest. Um, and cross country skiing. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's a beautiful place located, um, in a really cool area, high desert, climbing, lots to do. Um, but it, it doesn't, um, there aren't a lot of people that, that look like you and speak like you in, in Bend. Um, at least, at least when I was growing up there, that wasn't, that wasn't the representation. Um, in Bend. Yeah, it's still, it's still the same. I would say maybe it's the, you know, the Hispanic population has grown about 2%, but it, it's still not um, very significant. It, 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 I think you're right on you. You've, you've really nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that, that has stood out, I, I've just got to say this, um, and I mentioned it. Actually, Max was up here, and we did an interview with him, and and I mentioned it. Um, I was rivals with the Bend High Schools, so I I went to high school in Oregon, and um, we were rivals with the Bend High Schools when I was in high school, and and at the time, Summit High School didn't exist, and so we were rivals with either Bend High School or Mountain View High School, <laughs> um, and. Um, I'll just be quite blunt. <laughs> there, there were a lot of uh, a lot of motivational speeches about the haves and the haves and have nots, and we were not the haves. Um, with, 
when we were running against them. And um, even though the demographics of the team that I was on didn't look too much different than the Bend schools at the time, um, I returned a decade later to coach at, at my alma mater in, in Hermiston, which is about four hours away from Bend. And the community itself um, had changed some, but it has always been an agrarian community and, and has always had a, a strong um uh, community of uh, what started as migrant workers, but people have found ways to make it more sustainable and more long term. And so, um, oh, nice. I would say it's it's probably forty to sixty percent Hispanic, depending on the time of year um, in the town that I grew up in. And um, and so by the time by the time I became the coach, um, we went from being pretty much an all white team, like a lot of cross country teams around the world or the country, um, the country, I should say, not the world. Um, yeah. it, 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 it has been predominantly a, a middle-class white kids sport, um, to, uh, by the time I left, like my entire varsity team was Hispanic and, um, and that wasn't, that was purely meritocracy <laughs> that had nothing to do with politics or favorites or anything like that. Um, wow. What a and, change. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It, it was, it, it, I think it took a long time to get there. Um, but it also took work from people like you in my community. I would say my brother was part of that. My, my high school coach was part of that. Um, and just recognizing like w- what we were missing, like we wanted to be able to compete with the Bend schools. We wanted to be yeah. able to compete with the Portland schools. And it was like, we have 60% of our student population that is not included in this or any other sport. They're just, you know, clock in, clock out, hopefully walk away with a diploma kind of thing. But the, there was very little engagement. There was a lot of segregation in our community. And um, and so sport became that avenue. And and when I, when I moved back there, that was around the same time that you and I met um, or sometime during that time. And so I, I mean, you were definitely someone that I pointed to as a, as a role model, as someone who had made it in the sport, as someone who, who, who found a way, um, a, a, a Hispanic leader, so to speak, because, mm. um, even though yeah. I speak Spanish, I'm not, um, I'm not Mexican American, um, as the majority of my kids were. And so e- even just having you as someone to, um, to point to as an example, um, of a positive role model was, was really helpful when I was, when I was coaching those kids. And wow. it was cool that you were living in Bend and, and our goal was to beat the kids from Bend. So that was, <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's, that's such a cool story. I imagine that really helped to, to bridge into the Hispanic uh, population in terms of not only uh, building a, a stronger team unity, but also probably in just the the performance, right? Your team has gotten, better since then yeah um like my senior year in high school uh, we we qualified for the the state cross-country meet for the first time in in the whole time that i was in high school and we we got fourth at the state meet and um pretty much every year that i coached i think there was maybe one year that we didn't get on the podium and uh, and and the the first state title that we that the school won in any fall sport was in cross country and and all all seven of those guys were were mexican american um and that's awesome <laughs> and that was that was beating <laughs> that was beating summit high school that was beating um 
the the schools from Portland and Eugene and everything. And that those were, we could not have done that with, um, it's not a racial thing. It was just, th- those were the best, hardest working, toughest kids in our school that represented our school that day. And, um, and that's just who the, 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 that's the cream that rose to the top kind of thing on that day. And so that was, um, that was a lot of fun to be a part of that. Um, now I, I apologize. I didn't mean to indulge and talk so much about myself, but no, I of- love that. I love this. I, to me, that those are the stories we need. And, and I, and I know from experience that that turn probably took a, a big commitment. It wasn't just, you know, one year and then you're suddenly, you got a, a, an amazing diverse team and a fast team. No, it, it, it takes years. And, and that's the thing is, is uh, I think right now that our country needs to to hear that because you know we want to change things just by by posting or inviting a few people from color to to um, suddenly to talk or to um, to be uh, highlighted. But the reality is this this takes a long time. Like you really have to build a community and relationships between people for um, for this to become a real thing and not just you know a, a numbers game. And so I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that that, you know, over time changed the dynamics of your team and, and made it faster. You know, that's the cool thing is, is we are stronger together when, when we're really embracing one another. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you. Um, not only that, I, I was a, I was a better runner than I am now. Like I training with those kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 uh, in some part, in some respects, um, pouring my heart into their performances and caring more about their performances than my own and their training than my own. It, yeah. It's allowed me to really relish the opportunities that I had when I did race because mm-hmm. they were few and far between. Cause I was on the, I was on the road. I mean, we lived in the middle of nowhere. So it was a, it was a four to six hour one way bus bus ride anywhere we wanted to go to see any competition and so i was gone a lot and um and so when i did race it was it was very rare and it was kind of like oh i've been doing k training but i guess i'm gonna hop in this 50k this weekend because that's the only race i can get into and it's the only the only weekend i have for the next three months so cool let's do (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) anyway um so one of the things that that I really admire about you, and and one of the, one of the reasons that you did this last hundred k on the on the treadmill, um, was to raise awareness and actually do exactly what you were talking about to to try and include and involve and get get more kids, um, a more diverse group, a ner- more diverse representation um, from Central Oregon um, in the sport of of running. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the work that you've been doing? Um, even before this hundred K you did a, you, you did the 50 K in the, in the gymnasium, right? I mean, uh, it, yeah. on the back of, of High School, and, and I'm, I'd love to talk about even Madras and, and all of that. I mean, there's, there's so much. Yeah. We can talk about. yeah so, um, the, the 50 K happened, uh, the beginning of this year, uh, before this whole treadmill running became very popular this year, just cause with the coronavirus era, there's not a lot of races going on. And, and right now, I mean, record, records are getting broken left and right. And so it was kind of cool to kind of 
see see that record go down early just before you know march when when things just completely changed and the reality is um you know i've had this this record kind of in the back of my mind for a long time and when i went out to start working in in madras um about a year and a half ago I, I I wanted to jump right into it, and then I was like, you know, it's it's just not time yet. It, it's just you really have to um, build community, build relationships first to really have uh, just the type of event that we ended up having. And so, so I had to be patient, and there was the risk that you know somebody else might might just completely shatter it, and then I wouldn't even be able to have a shot at getting it. Um, but Early this year, I was like, it, you know, the record's there. Um, the school is excited. The principal is excited. Uh, the staff was really excited. And and I calculated the, just that we were at altitude. We were going to have a gym with no AC. Um, I also didn't really know if, if um, you know, the, the change in the, the shoe technology was going to be banned and all that. And so I just, I just went just pretty rugged, just use my tempo shoes and and um and just calculated that I thought I was fit enough to 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 barely get under it and that's kind of what happened I just I just ended up getting about 40 seconds 47 seconds under the record um but keeping in mind that that the the event was for these kids so so I, I basically pictured what are the things that I could bring here to try to inspire them after all this time of of um engaging community and building relationships like how do i how do i sort of put um like a um a big stamp on that just so so they can see it themselves so they can see what it takes to to um dedicate months of training for something um that i think they're you know running on a treadmill is i still think it's really stupid <laughs> and so it's like the goal was not the the performance itself but really like uh, uh, leading in an example and showing them that I'm committed. And I hope, I hope even if just a few kids understand what it takes, that that ends up changing the dynamics of that community. Cause I realistically, I know I'm not going to inspire 800 kids at once. And then all of a sudden the community is going to change. But if two or three kids and, and a few um, adult leaders and mentors and if if they catch the that fire and that dream that is enough you know over time we will see something come from that and so um it, a lot could have gone wrong but to be completely honest that event is going to be one of the highlights of my career like it was just it was just amazing like the people that were there were just like this was this was awesome there was just so much energy you know, we were all in sync. Um, the things that could have gone wrong didn't. And the kids were very in it. Like they were super excited. I was I was not expecting them to be so so engaged. And they were they were screaming. They they wanted the record bad. They felt like it was it was their record, you know, and and nothing like that's happened there in that community. And so that that was the thing is I, I really I knew I was going to be risking it doing it there, but um, I just felt that that was what I was supposed to do. And, and it just, it couldn't have gone any better. Like when, when I found out the record was broken, it, it honestly didn't bother me at all. I was like, 
like this, this, what I wanted to get from it was done. It was accomplished. It was fulfilling. And, and I was completely satisfied. And, and even to the point that I don't know if I'll ever run the, the, the 50 K distance again, just because I, I don't really want to mess that up. You know, just that, that, um, experience that, um, that joy of, of going through that journey with, with everyone there with me, um, and my wife and my friends, um, and to, and to get it, that was cool. It was like, it was like, I don't, I don't really want to think about what would have happened if I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> that, that was definitely some, um, pressure, but I, I just, uh, have been excited about what's happened since then. Yeah. It, it's been really fun to see. I mean, obviously you, you've, you know, you've been on, you've won races, you've set records, you've, you've been atop podiums. Um, you've represented the U S uh, multiple times around the world in, in a variety of competitions. So it's not like success or, or winning even is, is something new to you. Um, you're a, a very strong athlete and, and you're very capable and confident. Um, but it does take a, a certain amount of confidence, especially to orchestrate something like that <laughs> because yeah. there's, uh, there's so much that can go wrong. Um, yeah. not, in, in races, there are certain things that can go wrong for sure. And some days you don't feel so well, but, but when you're, when you're part of, even if you're not entirely responsible for the mechanics of the, of the machine and, and yeah. the electrical cords and, uh, but, but especially getting an audience like that. And, and like you said, investing all that time to get to the point where you even broach the subject, like present, Hey, there's, I have this idea of a way that I want to engage the community. And, um, and especially that community, um, that isn't bend Madras is, what is it? 30, 45 minutes away from bend or where it's, it's actually almost 50 minutes. I I wish they would, uh, change some of the lights through Redmond because it's only 42 miles, but it, it takes almost 50 minutes. Um, but yeah, Madras is way different. It's, it's a third Hispanic, a third Native American, and a third white. So it's kind of a, a really, a very, very unique place. Um, very rare to find places like that in, in all of Oregon. And, um, and it's just uh, a place that has really, really um, kind of captivated my heart, even though it's a very, very hard place. I, I just, I don't know. I, there's something about being able to, to relate to some of these kids and, and uh, just uh, when you start seeing that hope in their eyes, um, it, it just, it, it lifts you up. So, you, you know, you get a lot less victories, I would say, but those victories are very, very meaningful. And, and, and you know that they're very, um, they're, they're huge because uh, you're fighting against so much more there. Um, so it, it it's it was the perfect perfect place for this. Other than than dropping it down to sea level, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's one thing people don't take into account. And and you and I had a couple conversations for both records where it was just like, <laughs> I admire your like your confidence. I admire your desire to do this, but you realize you're basically like running uphill into the wind if you're trying to do this at altitude. Like you'd probably be better off. We both know you'd be better off if you just found some place to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. 
at sea level, not yeah, not be, you know, um, yeah. But, um, that's that's one thing that really speaks to me and resonates with me about uh, what you're doing, though, um, in Madras and and um, you know, right now we will probably when when we publish this, I will probably be told um, by some that it's insensitive to be talking about any other um, racial group than, um, than African-Americans. And, and please don't get me wrong. I black lives absolutely matter. And um, I, I wanted you on the show in part because of the work that you have been doing for people of color. Um, but I, I don't think it's fair to, to pretend that there are, are other people that don't matter um, because of this movement. And I know that that's not the case and I know it's semantics and all the rest, but um, the reality is Oregon is white, is very white. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Pacific Northwest is very white there. But what people forget is that just like the Southwest and the Midwest and all this, uh, most of that land belonged to other peoples, uh, mm-hmm. indigenous and um, the Warm Springs Reservation um, is a place that, uh, like you said, is is a hard place. It's it's like a lot of reservations or reserves around North America and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there are challenges with alcoholism, with diabetes, um, really short with suicide. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I. I'm not as closely tied to the Warm Springs Reservation as I am to the the Umatilla Reservation, but the, they're they're part of the same language group and and family, so to speak. And so, um, a lot of the kids that I worked with in Hermiston, who came from the Umatilla Reservation, um, are dually enrolled in both um, reservations or tribes, and um, because it's the same family essentially just different bands that speaks the same language um and so the the shimmel sisters um who you know shoni (laughs) was the all-star of the wnba um Mm -hmm. her freshman year um she has family in warm springs and so they were always going back and forth and i i know having having spent time on reservations and dedicating like (laughs) most of my adult life to working with those communities um and also having spent a lot of my time working in ghettos, um, with, yeah. um, um, people of color, um, in inner cities and things like that. Um, a lot of the living conditions, at least on the reservations that I've lived in are more dire than any of the ghettos that I've been in, even in Newark, New Jersey. And, you know, like some of the places that people talk about that just, just abject poverty. It's not a contest. It's not a pissing match. It's awful. It's, it's terrible that anyone has to live that way in the United States of America. Yeah. Um, but, but one of the things that I've struggled with is, um, is that, is that it has become this <laughs> competition of whose plight is greater. And it's like, mm-hmm. really, That's, we're going there. Like, um, and so, so I, I just think it's it's really important to to note. Uh, in fact, even with this coronavirus, that that um, indigenous communities have been equally as impacted or or impacted it, it, to a greater extent, similar to the African American community, because of the the healthcare that's available and because of the um, at risk yeah. 
conditions and things like that. So, so that's a, um, I, I'm really, I'm really grateful that you are doing what you're doing. And I, and I, I'm hopeful that, that what you're doing and the, the efforts that you're making can be seen and aren't overshadowed um, by the equally important good work that is being done in other parts of the world. It's just, there really isn't an African-American community in central Oregon for you to be working with. Cause I, yeah. I'm, certain be, I'm certain you would be trying to include. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for me, it's for, for everyone. And, and we do have a few, you know, African-American kids, but the, the reality is that population is not pretty, that's not dominant here, you know? And, um, and, and that's okay. I mean, if they were, then that's, you know, we would, we would absolutely embrace them. I, I love them. Um, I have amazing friends and I've learned so much from them. Um, but, but yeah, like, I think you bring up a really good point because, um, you know, this, this fight, I guess, or, or this, this stand up to me, um, it, it should, it should be, like not just when something happens it should be like our lifestyle we we are supposed to embrace this all of the time and always be conscious and always be trying to invest in those communities because um that that's the thing is it it's not just it's not just phases like if we just suddenly care about this when it's on the news we're all we're trying to do is kind of put a stamp or, or a bandaid basically over, over what happened. And, and what we really, really need to do is go down to, to the heart of, of, um, of this country and the heart of people and, you know, what comes from, from the past and hurts that come from the past and being able to, to see each other differently. And so, so really like our camp, um, it's actually building on, on years of work. I mean, it's, We've you know we've already done something like this before. We we definitely learned what we can do better, but we've seen some amazing things. Like some of the kids that we have had at these camps before, like one of them helped his team get second in state. Another one is one of the few kids on the on the reservation that still runs, and he wants to go run in a university. You know, like like it's not just we're not just doing this for one week and and then we're done. It's like we're we're trying to to make these events to basically be um, the highlight or the catapult, but they're a very small percent of all the work that is going in. Like um, it's not, it's not to brag. Like yesterday was week four that I am down in warm Springs and we're distributing food. We got this like grant help from Aloha produce and we've been distributing food. Um, and it's just, I mean, that community, the need, it's just like, I don't, I mean, I would take a whole podcast to even express the type of situations, um, that, that you encounter in, in the, I mean, like in, in some households, like people don't know what it's like to be in a sober household. Like it almost makes them feel awkward to be around people that are, that are sober. And it's just like that, that spirit of, of brokenness, that spirit of oppression has been there for, for so long. And so, you know, you can almost get so discouraged that you're like, I'm going to just give up. Like this is, this is pretty much useless. But the, the reality is, is you have to build relationships and connections that are much more than just, I'm coming to serve you. It's actually like, I care about you. I want to get to know you. And so when you suddenly, um, connect like at a deeper level and you realize that like i'm i'm also a broken person it's not like i'm better than than they are 
Like I also have weaknesses. I also have faults. And so when they, when they start seeing that and they start realizing like you're not coming as, as a person that's better at trying to help, you know, somebody that's worse, it's actually like, you know what, we're supposed to be working together. <laughs> we're supposed to be doing more. And so all of a sudden, like, like right now we have some momentum that was built from, from years ago that some of these kids are starting to realize, you know what, like I can, I can be a leader, you know, I, I, even if it's just my small little circle, I can do something. Um, and, and that's what you need because, because the reality is over years, um, those leaders that end up staying there are what what's going to change and that's what's going to bring hope and that's what's going to help um inspire more and and you just you're not going to change the whole community there there's no way but if you start with a few people then you have um a chance and so so i mean i thank you i thank you that that you're you know you're wanting to to um to really uh i don't know i guess it could be discouraging to think we have so much work ahead of us but just just to keep that that bigger vision of, you know, it's gonna take time. It's gonna it's gonna have to be community, real real community. Like I mean, I just keep thinking of, of Martin Luther King's dream, and and it was it was much more than changing the law. It was much more than changing numbers. He he wanted people to be able to hang out and and kids to play, and for there not to be um, this like this weird like uh, inequality or just like this weird dynamic of thinking one's better than the other, but no, just really seeing the beauty um, in, in different people, the beauty in different cultures. And so uh, I, I just, I believe that it's still possible. I, 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 um, I want to do my part in that. And, and um, you know, I hope, I hope you will know this isn't just like, it just came up. I mean, we've been doing this with my wife or maybe, three years and so um i i am uh i'm happy that it, it, it's uh become something more important suddenly on, on the radar and i hope i hope more people um do it for the right motivations you know that they really deeply care and, and i hope you know little by little we can see others that have probably started before us and that we're able to recognize hey they're doing a really good job let's work together because this it's also not about just you know, it being about your organization, it's about like, how do we work as a team? How do we um, work, work in, in strength together? So I, I'm, I'm um, a person that's hopeful. And, and I hope that, you know, this summer, we can show people um, something cool with the camp. And, and uh, I, I really think there's going to be some neat things that are going to happen. Um, and I just I can't wait. I, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for your community. I'm excited for those kids. Um, to be honest, I, I, just thinking back uh, as as a teenager and and as I work with teenagers um, and as I I now have teenagers, um, <laughs> uh, the kids may not appreciate it or or understand who you even are. <laughs> Now, which might even be a good thing, you know. It's a like, good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think looking back to realize that that someone of your stature um, who could honestly do anything—I mean, extremely capable person, um, really hardworking 
could do anything. And for whatever reason, you have chosen to not only invest some of your time, but basically dedicate your life and take uh, sacrifice time away from your family and away from even your other hobbies and pursuits to to just invest in in them as individuals and as a community. Um, I think it's huge. Um, while I've got you and while I have this soapbox, I, um, I wanted to talk briefly if you, if you have a, a second about, um, even, even some of the experiences of, of some of the, at least some of the Hispanic communities that I've worked with. And, yeah. um, I got, um, I got crap online for not posting something immediately when the videos of Ahmed Aubrey came out. And then later when George Floyd came out and that I didn't use my platform and my privilege to make a statement. Mm. And, um, and when I saw both of those, particularly the Ahmed Aubrey um, one, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even speak. I couldn't respond because um, it actually brought back too many memories of real live experiences, lived experiences um, it, outside of this country, but or outside of the U.S., but even sometimes within the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and when I thought about it, when I when I was working in Hermiston, um, I used to ask. Um, some of my students, I did, I just by a show of hands, you know, how many of them had seen that type of stuff in real life? Like how many of them fled where they were living because they had witnessed that kind of thing? And so I think it's great that as Americans, we're standing up and saying, this is not, we are better than this. This should not be happening mm-hmm. in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this does need to be included in this message and it, it doesn't need to be politicized or anything like that. I know that there's a left and the right and people have different, different priorities, but, but what we seem to keep forgetting is that, um, that loop, those videos that we keep seeing of things that are happening in our country, those are loops that are going on through people's minds that finally drive them to, to walk, to crawl, to do yeah. whatever you can to, to, jump from train to train um to to leverage everything they've ever worked for and to go into debt to get across a border to come into the u.s and um and i think while we're thinking about humanity i I do think we need to take advantage of this moment i think we we do want to um absolutely make sure that you know the descendants of people who have been here for 400 plus years forcibly here for 400 plus years are absolutely treated fairly and with equality. But I also think we need to, if, if we're trying to see people <laughs> as fellow humans, I think it's really important to understand that, that most people, not most, but, but a, a high percentage of people, at least from Latin America that are trying to get into the U S have seen, have personally witnessed the kinds of things that we are just appalled by seeing on uh, videos on our phones and yeah. and often more than once and um and that's that's honestly why i couldn't respond because it was like man i have spent so much of my life trying to like erase those images from my mind yeah. so I could sleep at yeah. night and, yeah um, yeah and there's there's real like grief you know like like that that was the thing i was telling a couple of my kids that that day 
I was having such a good day. I was just like, I, I was just very positive. And instantly, like when I saw that, that video, I, I was just in a, in a place of, of honestly, just great deep sorrow. And I just, I couldn't post something right away because I was just grieving and, and, and maybe other people can respond quicker and I commend them too. But the reality is if we're just judging, like based on outward actions, I mean, we're missing the point. We have, we also have to trust people care. We also have to trust that in their hearts, they're trying to figure out how is the best way that I can respond. And, and, and that, that was just so hard. That was that, you know, to see that and to, um, to think of other instances that that's happened and to see like that, I don't even feel like I should say the guy's name, but just like the police officer that, that, um, you could see the the hate, you know, you could see that, uh, he thought he was, he was better than this person. And, um, and that was, that was so, so hard that, um, we have to, we have to be a little bit graceful towards each other because everyone just responds to, to sorrow, sorrow differently. And it's not that I'm sure like, you know, you deeply cared, you deeply were, um, we're um, in in this place of grief, and and so sometimes it takes a few days to really know what what am I supposed to do, and maybe the way you respond is going to be differently than how I respond because we have different calls in our lives, and and we're just trying to to stay um, on that path, you know, like to to make sure that that we're doing what we need to do because if we keep switching agendas on what we're doing. Um, you know, the work that, that has been put in could, could just be lost just simply because we're not seeing it through. Right. And so, so I, I mean, I hope, I hope that anyone listening just knows that, um, this, this is, this is nothing about not caring about our, our African-American, um, friends and how much we, we love them and just the, that, that, that they need to be lifted up. We need to be in in grief and sorrow with them. Um, and, and at the same time to know that, uh, we, we also have to continue to, to think about the big picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really appreciate, um, the work that you're doing. I, I admired you from afar and I've, I've enjoyed any, any time we have been able to, um, spend together, uh, even to just visit. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see, the successes that you've had as a runner. Um, but it's also just really fun to see you with your family and see the, the good work that you're doing. Um, and, and obviously not everything that is posted online is, is the only thing that, that is out there. And so, um, I know that, you know, you are investing, I, I know that you, you're, you're all in you're, <laughs> yeah. I think we will suffer from, uh, from that in that, like, we're, we're not going to tackle something unless we know we can just pour our heart and soul into it. And I, um, I, I'm grateful that I'm grateful for you and to you. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that, that those, those kids in that community of Madras have you and that Bend has you. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that this sport has you. So, um, thank you for, uh, for doing what you do and, um, and I'll get, get a hold of some of the links to information about your camp and some of the things that can be done, um, to try and support the work that you're doing in your community.
Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I know that right now is a really <laughs> hard time to fundraise. Um, and we knew that, you know, when we published this thing, but, uh, we have hopes that, that even if it's, it's five, you know, $5 at a time, if people can help us share it, um, we, we've, we just really want to keep, keep building. And, and we have, we really have high hopes for this, this camp, because I think it's going to bring, um, a lot of the work, um, out and it's going to really, um, start to connect these communities because, Ultimately, that's what we want. We want the kids um, to to see each other um, the same, and and not to just favor one side, but to to bring them together. So we're gonna we're gonna make the camp free for everyone. So um, even even kids who could afford it, we want to we want to make it free so that it's not this weird, um, just like kind of maybe guilt that they may have thinking that they 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 have a different. Um, you know, socioeconomic status. No, we want them to to really see the 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 beauty and the humanity in the relationships and and in the cultures. So, I appreciate you, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for listening to the Art and Science of Running podcast. If you found this episode interesting, entertaining, inspiring, or informative, please share it with your friends on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and tag the Art and Science of Running so that we can reshare it. Better yet, please rate review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. This will help others with similar interests find this free resource that we've created for listeners around the world. Many thanks in advance. Thank you.